0: Or you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's, it's welcome. the Valesco
1: Fitness Collective, podcast with James and Ellie.
2: Hey team, welcome to the Valesco Fitness Collective podcast. It's been a minute since we have released an episode, so we figured it was about time we pulled our fingers out and got to the next one for you, especially based on the amount of things that have happened between the last one and this one. So as always, I am James. I am with Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
2: Good. How have your last few weeks been?
1: Very busy, but very exciting.
2: Good. Nice. Nice uh, Nice place to be. <clears throat> Um, we are joined today by Sophia, who is an, sadly an ex member, um, but a very loved and fondly remembered member at that. So, how are you? Yeah, very well.
0: Thank you. Fair thanks fair. for having
2: me. You're very welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for entertaining us. Um, so today, team, we are going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to a couple of little gym updates initially and just a summary of kind of the last couple of months. Then we're gonna get to know Sophia a little bit. We're gonna talk about what it's like to row across the Atlantic Ocean, um, and then talk a little bit about kind of purpose and the kind of why behind, you know, why we train and, and just kind of open up a conversation, really. Sophia's super cool. She sent us a really cool voice note a little while ago that we thought would be a really cool conversational topic. And it's always nice to hear from Sophia, especially, you know, somebody who's sat on a boat and rowed across the Atlantic Ocean. So there's there's hopefully going to be a lot of interesting conversation coming up. Um, to start with, I feel like it's only right to say a big warm welcome to any uh, Valesco Fitness Collective members that are slightly newer to us and may not have listened to the podcast before, and those that have joined us as a part of the St. Werberg's um, site. So our, recently we opened a second gym, a second site, over in St. Werburg so the other side of Bristol, already seems to be filling up with members, which is super cool. Um, Elle, how's that process been?
1: It's been good. It's been uh, action-packed. <laughs>
0: um,
1: the, yeah, it's, it's been a great process. I think we um, it happened quite quickly and that we've been talking about it for a very long time and then it kind of went from zero to 100 miles an hour in, in a short space of time. Um, but it, it's, it's been a really exciting process. Um, we've been blown away by the support that we've had, by the number of members that have wanted to join us and become a part of it. Um, it's been lovely to have some of the people that were at St. Phillips come over to St. Wirebugs because it suited them better. So um, already it, it feels like home from a kind of community perspective and it's it's already living our values and, and kind of doing, um, you know, being the gym that we wanted it to be. So it's it's been very busy. Um, yeah. And it's presented us with a few little challenges, but they're great challenges to have. And we're, we're all super excited to have it open and just be, yeah, have it up and running and welcoming more people through our door and having the Velasco coaches over there and kind of sharing that with us as well. So it's been, it's been awesome.
2: Nice. Yeah, it's been really cool to see it come together. And always nice to have a new shiny gym as part of the part of the, the family. Um, on the subject of coaches, there, since, I think since the last podcast, we have added one new coach currently to the coaching team. Uh, so Will Gibbs has joined us, which is super cool. You might have had him in a class already, got through his internship pretty quickly, just decided to pull the pin and get them all done in a matter of what seemed like days. So Will, welcome to the team. It's really cool to have you. And hopefully the members are, you know, you're all feeling the same about having Will on the team, which is really cool. Uh, and kind of over the coming couple of weeks, hold that thought, because there there may or may not be a couple of new faces being added to the coaching team as we speak, which is super exciting, both as a coach and a member. It's going to be really, really cool to have some more perspectives and people and, and coaches for you to meet. So if we add a couple of them in the next couple of weeks, we might kind of coach dump on one of the upcoming podcasts and just do a big meet and meet and greet with all our new coaches. <clears throat> Um, I think, I feel like there's going to be a lot of of good stuff coming up. So I think let's fast forward from the the gym updates. Maybe just one last quick one, a date for your diary. Christmas party?
0: Yes.
2: December 10th? Yes. Perfect. Pre-drinks at London Cocktail Club before?
1: I think that's already been pre-decided. I'm slightly nervous about it, but yes, (laughs) essentially.
2: Nice. Um, Yeah, December 10th is going to be the Christmas party to put that date in your diaries as well. That's always a... uh, Foster house. Uh, yeah, Costa House is the location as well. It's always a, always a good time of year for Valesco to do what they do. Arguably best, <laughs> unfortunately, but there we go. Right, Sophia, you've, everyone's heard enough of our voices. How are you? Where are you calling us from, first of all?
0: I'm um, very well, thank you. Um, Win standing fair. I'm in Spain at the moment.
2: You're in Spain, sunning it's up. Precisely. You seem, to have, uh, you seem to have been bouncing all over the globe. Where have you been in the last kind of couple of months?
0: Uh, yeah, I have. Um, so I've been working in the Caribbean. I was in the Bahamas for a few months since the beginning of the year. And then I was like, a bit further south in uh, the Caribbean, in like Grenada and St. Vincent, Vincent and the Grenadines. And I got back to Europe couple of times for my best mate's wedding and then just to like basically express visit because I didn't really know when I was going back to the UK <laughs> and uh, now in, in Spain for a month um, yeah I wasn't planning on being here that long but hey it happened
2: yeah hey what, what can you say when you when your life revolves around the Bahamas and the Caribbean ending up in Spain for slightly longer than you planned doesn't sound doesn't sound too bad
0: it's
2: really not too bad at all it's quite the opposite yeah yeah no i can imagine um cool so we tend to enjoy asking our guests just a couple of standard questions so we're going to ask you two things the first question is what really grinds your gears what if if you could pick one thing to put into room 101 what would it be we've had all sorts of things we've had peanut butter we've had greta thunberg we've had People training with their tops off, we've had an array of different things that may or may not have been allowed to go in. I was, Greta Thunberg was vetoed for me, but I'm still sticking by it. What what would your room 101 thing be?
0: Oh wow, just one thing. Um, Just one thing. Also, excuse me but who said peanut butter because we need to have work.
2: yeah I know I don't remember who said it but somebody's somebody's put peanut butter in there at some point which was very very
1: controversial we're not friends with them anymore (laughs) obviously not invited to the gym anymore
0: Um, I'd say people that can't back their arguments so you know you're making a point and they they just kind of contradict you and they have a you know opposite opinion but then you ask them why and they can't back it you know, people that
2: talk out of their ass, like that really bothers me. <laughs> nice. Like that. Non non fact based arguments. I'd I'd be I'd be with you on that one as so, well.
1: That's a good one. <clears throat>
2: yeah, it is a good one. Nice. Alright, second question, arguably more importantly, if the only mode of transport that you could use for the rest of your life was a donkey or a giraffe, which one would it be?
0: oh wow this is like asking me do you like Elliot James better which <laughs> god it's hard um, right can I just
2: I mean arguably you're right it's very similar it is a hard question but there is only one answer so
0: <laughs> the right one So, <laughs> okay wow big pressure here so um, alright okay so dunk is proven you know absolutely tried and tested yeah works Giraffe, though, it's just a bit more exciting, isn't it? And, I mean, I am more for, I quite like, risky and, you know, for a of our giraffe.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: So, and <clears> I mean, not, not that many people have done it, have they? You no, they're not. probably pretty skilled. Po- probably for good reason. But I re- they probably <laughs> go quicker than the donkey. Yeah. So I'm going to go giraffe, All I right. quite like, if we I'll
2: be honest. I thought that you'd probably be a giraffe type so, person seeker although i would disagree that giraffe is quicker i reckon head-to-head a donkey would surprise you i have but, to
1: google it
2: yeah i bet it's <laughs> i bet there's a youtube hole you can go somewhere and watch donkeys versus giraffes there, there used to be a program on channel four where they had like olympic sprinters racing against different animals
1: i remember that
2: and the ze- there was i always remember the zebra was like an absolute wild card <laughs> absolutely smoked him it's crazy. Um, and essentially a stripy donkey as well. So there we go. Point, Didn't race <laughs> a zebra and
1: well. a giraffe, did they?
2: No. Um, cool. All right. Thanks, Soph, for your valuable input on those two uh, topics that people, that's all actually people tune in for is those two questions. So <laughs> um, we'll, see the, we'll see the ratings <laughs> drop after this. But. Um, okay, cool. So the reason we've got you on is because as part of a team of four, I mean, pretty impressive anyway, but as part of a team of four, you rode across the Atlantic Ocean, what, two years ago? Uh,
0: yeah, we started December 2020, so coming up to, God, coming up to two years.
2: That is crazy. Does it, the thing that amazes me about it as well, right, because my, you, well, you 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 know what I'm about to say, the, the people listening, were, but my sister's boyfriend, Gareth, he also rode the same race, didn't he, but in a different category, and the thing that I found most not well not most impressive about it obviously but one of the things that i just found crazy was that it's over it's literally over christmas and new year so you spent christmas 2020 and new year literally with three other people in the middle of the ocean on a boat eating vacuum-packed food
0: right uh yeah pretty much i mean we did take like six mince pies so we each had like one and a half Wow. <laughs> really it's a brilliant Christmas treat,
2: treat. Treat yourself, yeah, one and a half mince pies. That is mad. Okay, so I guess let's start with with how it all came about then. How obviously, you know, you didn't just wake up one morning, message your mates, and just be like, oh hey, who's about anyone fancy rowing the Atlantic lol? Like how how did it how did it materialise? How did it come about? How how did all of that set itself up?
0: Um you say that, but it was not that. No, I'm joking. But, um <laughs> So I, when I first moved to Bristol, I joined the rowing club and I found out there was this girl that had been a member that was planning a row off the Pacific. And she did it. And there's a documentary on Netflix called Lucy the Shore*. I don't know if you've seen it, but one of the girls there, she was, she was a former member of Bristol. And I was like, oh my God, people row oceans? Like what? <laughs> and to me, it kind of just brought together a lot of things I love, like adventure, rowing, teamwork, um, just the ocean and nature. So I was like, right, okay, this is for me, and one day I'm going to do it. And then in 2017, I got approached by a team that was planning a race, and it just wasn't the right fit, but I kind of started thinking about it again. And middle of 2018, I just kind of, I'd been going through a lot of changes. Like, I recently finished, well, ended a relationship, and then I uh changed jobs and a lot of things that changed in my life and it was quite pivotal and I just kind of really needed wanted to do something bigger with my life and yeah, okay. almost like regain a little bit of purpose yeah and and yeah and I just kind of decided that I wanted to start planning it
2: nice it's the uh, the ultimate break up i need space isn't it? break up and then row out to the middle of the <laughs> atlantic <orientation. laughs>
0: ocean um, i mean it was it, it had happened like six months before it wasn't like one other but you yes. know it's just like your life just kind of my <laughs> life was like went on a kind of 180 and...
2: yeah yeah everything everything always happens at once as well right so what, what better time to to throw an atlantic row into the mix um so what like i think it's easy to kind of like joke about and flippantly talk about but actually when you think about it like <clears throat> talking to you about it and talking to gareth about it like what are some, like, help, help people understand it. Like, how long did it take you? What were your days, look, look like, how did your days look? How much were you rowing? How much sleep did you get? What was your food like? How, how did the actual process look? Because that's the stuff that blew my mind when I started hearing about it.
0: Okay, so, um, it's, it took us 46 to days. you basically row, eat, sleep, repeat. And you're just, um, <laughs> just trying to stay sane yeah. and you just need to get into a routine and you need to sleep when you can and avoid there's there's a lot of without sounding dramatic there's a lot of just like kind of staying alive like just you know making sure you're drinking enough water making sure you're eating enough food which is hard when you're it's that hot and you're that exhausted and you've got to like eat digest and then go round again so um yeah, and then just generally, like, not getting ill or sunburnt, or... I mean, for the first time in my life, I properly used sun cream to the <laughs> point that my friends were calling me, like, sun-safe sass. That's my nickname, <laughs> Ryan's club, Like, legit. And I was known for never wearing sun cream and being like, yeah, I don't burn, you know, I'm from Uruguay. And then I, you know, in the past, I have. And, and that was quite a hot thing for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really easy to romanticize it like after you've done it and you kind of talk about all the amazing things but really for a lot of people you just get really bored um I love rowing I like I absolutely love it yeah but there's moments when you're like Jesus Christ I've been rowing for 20 minutes I got an hour and 40 to go and there's only so many audiobooks and podcasts and playlists and you know we talked about food and boys and what we're going to do when we get back to land, uh, a lot, yeah.
1: but
0: you get boring days as well. Yeah, so right. um, you're eating dehydrated food, it's mainly rice with stuff, pasta with stuff, um, but yeah, just watch all the sunrises and sunsets, it's beautiful, but it's very much getting into a routine and just grinding on for however long it takes you.
2: Yeah. So with your row stints how long were they each?
0: two hours um on a, on a very good day we'd try and row three people up so we would maybe row up to kind of two and a half or three hours okay and on a really bad day we'd row one hour each and then three rest so we would just row one person up
2: nice and where did you where did you row from and to what were your takeoff and landing points
0: we started in the canary islands um like and then we finished in antigua in the caribbean
2: nice that's that's super cool And uh, and what was what was sleep like? How much sort of sleep were you getting? Because I've, I guess for anybody listening that hasn't, well, I mean there'll be a lot of you that hasn't seen the boats that we use. That also I find crazy. They they're really not that big. They've got a little cabin at one end, right?
1: (laughs) Tiny.
0: Yeah, they've got they've got these two kind of small cabins, and then they you can forcefully fit to people but not really and it's very very uncomfortable to be pulling because you've got all your kit to keep in there as well
1: and
0: this uh all the instruments as well um like navigation and whatever and rudder so um yeah like quite small you sleep after like day three or four you're so tired that you sleep um, you know, you kind of you go down, you eat, and you just kind of pass out, and yeah. then someone has to kind of knock on the door and wake you up because there's so there's so many noises that sometimes you can't really hear the alarm either. So okay,
2: um, what the when when you say hear the alarm, what's what's that there for? And did you have to use it?
0: No, no, I mean like an alarm to wake you back up. Oh right, right.
2: okay, it's not like a danger um, alarm.
0: You you kind of wanna. You finish rowing and then if you're very quick and efficient in like 10 minutes, you're back down because you've eaten and you've done all your what you need to do, whatever, toilet and hygiene and whatever. Yeah. You go down and then 10 minutes or 15 minutes before your shift, you want to get back, you know, back up and awake and get prepped. And, you know, sometimes you're just so tired that you're completely passed out. So we had a system of like we had to kind of knock. Because, I mean, if you've been rowing for two hours and everyone's fatigued and tired all the time anyway, and the person that's taken over from me is late, uh, it's not great, is it? <laughs> it's not going to be great for, no. like, sharing a space for over 40 days. No. So if it's... Uh, similar to
1: Jones. So my brother did something... Sim- well, not similar. He rowed around the UK, so I have a similar understanding, I like, like, very basic similar understanding of what the boats are like and stuff. As well as the rowing, what else... Well, how else did you divide the tasks? Because I think one of the things that stood out for me when Ollie did it was just how much other stuff there is going on that you kind of have to look after and be aware of. And obviously dividing and conquering is how you do it, but how, what were the other things that you had to do aside from the physical rowing to keep you moving forward, I guess?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, I mean, there's, um, well, there's navigation, so kind of planning where you need to go and how you're doing that. So once like every other day or once a day we had like a very quick we had a satellite phone on board and we had a very quick call with someone that was helping us on land with like weather forecasts and weather routing so we had to do that and then kind of plan what we're going to do about it uh chat to the team you're making food Um, you're making food obviously like various times a day you're making water to make sure you're refilled um and there's stuff that's consistently breaking so you're always fixing stuff so things like the bearing on the wheels and the seats like corrode and you've got to replace them so you're kind of moving equipment around and um just generally fixing stuff we we had water ingress a couple of times uh into some of our lockers and you know you're just emptying you know kind of hand emptying uh water out of the out <laughs> of the compartments so yeah there's there's stuff um, that's consistently wow. going on um and that you just got to fix.
1: Did you obviously the the water ingress on a very small boat in the middle of the ocean sounds quite frankly terrifying um did Did you have any big moments like that of like being in the middle of the ocean and thinking what what am I doing like I'm in the middle of the a huge ocean in a tiny boat why
0: um yeah yeah i mean behind... <laughs> Yeah, 46 I days I anyone <laughs> anyone that says no that's done it is probably lying to you so um yeah as much as I loved it and looking back there's so much more positive than than kind of I guess negative or bad days but yeah Jesus I had moments when I'm like what am I doing um we we had a couple of days of really bad wind and and kind of like stormy nights and and the boat flipped one night um and you know, you kind of flip the boats designed to self-right. So eventually came back into position with a bit of help from us. And I mean, the girls were all in the cabins and they were like tumbled around. And it is something that is can be quite dangerous. Lucky for us, nothing bad happened. Like we lost some equipment and we broke an oar. But all in all, like the important stuff was safe and the people were safe, which is the most important thing. But, yeah, you get moments like that when you're like, Jesus Christ, like, I can I just be dry, <laughs>
1: um, you know, yeah.
0: and safe? Like, you're never really dry from the moment you go. Um, you're just, the driest you get is boat dry, which is kind of damp, a little bit, you know, I don't know how you feel about the word moist, but that is... I we, learn, well, yeah,
2: we running. know we know how Ellie feels about the word moist. She's not a fan. I yeah, it did literally yeah, the word moist went one, into Ellie's one hundred and one. So when but, um, when you capsized, you were lit, like you were in the water waiting for the boat to self right with some of your team inside the upside down boat at night in the ocean. Is that a fair summary? uh Yeah, yeah. You,
0: I mean, I was. Um, it was one of those really rough nights so I was rowing on my own at the time and it was pretty Uh, rough so you kind of you could took one stroke (laughs) and then you kind of waited for the boat to stabilize and then you took another stroke so um but yeah I mean you're tethered to the boat so I I was clipped on um onto onto the boat and I kind of ended up under the boat and then eventually we got the boat flipped and I climbed back on but um so yeah (laughs)
2: If in those yes, in those easy. scenarios, if you get into trouble, how near is the nearest rescue boat? Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: just, I just have no idea. Like th- this was uh beginning of January, so we were about just over halfway through. Um, and you're, I mean, long a long way away for a boat to get to you. It's probably about a day. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's other boats out there, so there's cargo ships and. Yeah. yeah. Um, other sailing vessels that you know so if you were if you were really really in trouble you'd just put like a mayday call yeah. out to other boats and someone would come get you
2: did you Um. I I realise one brief part of this I've skipped over is that this was actually a race you are racing across the Atlantic <laughs> against other teams did you ever see any of the, uh, the other teams or is that like a ridiculous I, I appreciate it's a ridiculous question but was there any point where you other than at the start and at the end when you were out there did you see another boat and be like oh look there's so and so
0: Um, I mean, it's not a ridiculous question, bear in mind that we all kind of started in the same place and we're ending in the same place, but it's a very small boat and it's very, very low, close to the water. So like any kind of, any wave that's over a meter, like whatever, three feet is going to cover you. So no, we didn't see anyone. We saw people on the screen. So like you could see people on the, the, the AIS, whatever the navigation devices, um, And, you know, we were kind of fairly close. By fairly close, I mean, like, maybe five, ten miles from other people, but could not see them. Yeah,
2: nice. That's cool. What, um, biggest, apart from, obviously, like, the capsize, any, like, big drama, like, biggest problem or anything like that? Or is the the capsize probably up there?
0: (laughs) Um, The capsize is probably up there. I think, um... The water ingress was a little bit... I mean, it wasn't, like, horrific Mm because we we realised the boat's so uh, small that, you know, we got water in. We quite quite quickly realised that one side was heavier than the other. We were tilted, so we just emptied it. But, I mean, it it could have been bad if we hadn't done it, hadn't realised. And, I mean, a fair few, obviously, arguments. Some people loosened their their mind a little bit and just... um, you know bursting out to someone else so that kind of happened a few times and you just gotta you know take a deep breath and talk it out and maybe just be quiet for a few hours and then eventually you brush yeah you know brush it off
2: i was gonna ask about that actually like the how tolerant you and your teammates are because i've spoken to gareth a lot about it but obviously he was individual like being out there with other people at the start you probably you know super tight with and love I imagine a couple of days in things to start to grind on you
0: yeah I think things that on a daily basis will not bother you start bothering you out there because yeah. you're just tired and you know just mildly <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: uh, fatigued all the time so very little things do bother you and you snap but we had a few rules in place to try and keep us from killing each other and one of our main goals was to get to the other side um you know still friends and yeah. and you know four people yeah so did you
1: did you work with anyone in the lead up to it because um, my when ollie did it my brother he their team actually worked with a psychologist in the lead up to it about how to kind of deal with those challenges because what you can't afford to do is fall out in a serious way with the people who are you are literally your life is dependent on
0: yeah 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 we did actually we uh we had a an awesome team uh they call high performance development they uh they worked with england rugby and um they worked with loads of companies and stuff but we did personality tests um you know all the kind of like insight stuff and just worked on how to best communicate with people and like your strengths and your weaknesses and things like that and we we just all happened to be very different people like in the kind of spectrum of of colors we're all kind of very much opposite ends so um which is obviously good to have complement like complementing personalities and characters and and strengths but also makes it hard sometimes for communication um so we really worked on that
2: nice yeah that's really cool uh i've got a couple of couple of questions left about the royal. <clears throat> so so as I'm sure you can appreciate it, people tuning into this quad podcast for the real cutting-edge detailed questions. Um, you've mentioned it briefly once. How does going to the bathroom work?
0: One <laughs> well, of the really important questions then. Yeah. Um, so we had a bucket. We actually had a bucket system. So we had a designated toilet bucket. So, you know, if you're number one, it's all good. If you're number two, just make sure you put water in the bucket first. <laughs> and <laughs> it's easier to clean.
2: Fair and, enough.
0: and then we had a bucket for like cleaning. And then we had a spare bucket, which thank God we did because, and I'm going to take the blame here, but I lost the official toilet bucket just before <laughs> Christmas. So we, we were down to two buckets. And then we lost a second bucket when the boat flipped. So we right. were down to the only one, and uh, everything else had to be done with like bottle waters and like we had this dry bag that we kind of made a bucket out of.
2: Okay. So
0: I made it work.
2: I mean, you said the capsizers up there with biggest dramas, but going down to one toilet bucket, <laughs> I think that's that should make the shortlist as well.
0: Definitely <laughs> was uh, worrying because we lost the second bucket. I think the capsizer was like tenth of January we came in on, like, the 27th. So, so 17 days with no backup toilet other than maybe, like, jump in or you can't really squat off the side. That'd yeah. be, yeah, it's a bit dangerous. So, yeah. no, it was good. We made it work.
2: Nice. Oh, fair play. Most memorable bit. What was your favourite bit of the whole process?
0: Oh, my God. Um. So, obviously, arriving was awesome. Yeah. Like, the, the feeling of achievement and like seeing and land and all of that stuff but to be honest for me I had this one day where it was a couple of days before capsize around maybe new year's but um I was rowing on my own and I always had the eight o'clock shift so I luckily always caught or most times caught the sunset and I loved it I absolutely love sunsets um and yeah and I just I had this like weird out of body experience you know when you like it feels that you're watching yourself from 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 far away and and i was i don't know i was just pretty i guess like reconsidering all of my life choices (laughs) including the road but yeah right (laughs) um just being amazed and i felt so small and vulnerable and uh but you just have this really amazing connection with I don't know, for me, I've always loved the sea, and I just I just had this awesome moment of, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm doing. And, and also realising how much work we put into it, mm. and the fact that we were there, I think it only... It like it was the moment where the penny dropped for me. And it wasn't like when we left, it was weeks after. Yeah, yeah. And th- I just... That was incredible.
2: Nice. That's really cool. You're like a modern-day Moana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Maybe. (laughs) james's favourite Disney film. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. It should be everyone's favourite Disney film. The best (laughs) Disney film. It's so
0: hardcore. The fact that she can navigate by touching the water and feeling the temperature of the water, I mean, that is life goal for me.
2: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's like the perfect film. It's Disney and it's got The Rock in it. What more do you want?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, Um, I'm sorry, the soundtrack is fantastic.
2: Oh, the soundtrack is what makes the movie wild. So good. a question about when you came back to land then like you're obviously fairly active in the aerobic sense, rowing for like you know two hour blocks multiple times a day how how did is there any like weird scenarios that you didn't expect when you got back on land like did you have mu- like muscle atrophy was you how did the body feel like I'm imagining rowing for that long you must have had like i mean I'm not even going to refer to it as DOMS because 46 days of, of rowing, <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Like, was there anything yeah. you weren't expecting or was it all expected? Like, how did that work? How was the body coming off, something like that?
0: Uh, okay, so to be honest, there, was, there wasn't was necessarily like, oh, I'm expecting all of this or I'm not expecting all of this. But yeah. I, we talked to a lot of people that had done similar things or, you know, just you, you're aware that you're probably going to lose a lot of muscle mass. And I was I was weak. And for the first time in like as long as I remember I had what I for, for me were skinny weak legs and yeah. I'd lost my quads because you're obviously you're always moving you're pushing with your legs you're pushing with your arm you think you're working those muscles which you are but you're in such a calorie deficit that your body starts eating up into your muscles and your biggest muscles are your glutes and your quads right so that's the first thing that kind of starts going so for me I've always had a big bum and it was smaller and i was like oh my god what is going on (laughs) um don't worry it didn't take me that long to obviously (laughs) stuff when i go back and i immediately got you know back to normal size but yeah yeah, i um, i was bigger on my upper body than i was in my lower body um and just general like weakness i couldn't really pick up weight that for me was i guess quite easy before and um I found that quite frustrating obviously but yeah it just my muscles were just um weak and, and and very fatigued and my grip actually I couldn't really I really struggled to close like fully kind of make a fist because you're consistently holding the oar and like your 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 I guess fingers and your hands atrophy in that way um and so it took me up like probably a couple of weeks to be able to make a full fist and gain like full mobility of my fingers and my and my hands
2: nice that's yeah that's crazy because you just like i would assume your grip would be fine right because you're gripping onto the oars you know you're pulling regularly but yeah it's 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 crazy just to hear about some of the stuff that you know getting back onto land was it weird like walking and stuff again
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, I got off the boat and then there was this little platform we had to stand on and I tumbled, like, I, I took a step and I just, <laughs> I almost fell off. It was very, very weird because you're not really walking fully standing up uh, on the boat ever. You're kind of always holding onto the side or kind of slightly bent because um, the boat's so unstable. So first time fully upright and walking in 46 days
2: yeah that it's yeah just it's just crazy just you can't really when you start to like put it into perspective and you start to think through it <clears throat> like I know some of the prep you were doing right in the gym you were doing you were like regularly rowing like what 18 I I remember one day coming up to the mes and you were just sat on the row it looked like you'd been there for ages and you were like in the middle of like an 18k row if I remember that correctly like there was regular stints of that right in preparation
0: yeah so actually the 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 year well that year I was still rowing for uh City of Bristol and um with the winter work it's a lot of miles and it very much mirrored the kind of training I needed to do as well. Like I mean you're building a lot of muscle but you also want to sit on a rower and be able to just sit for two hours at a time consistently. Yeah. Um so yeah, we did this like eighteen by eighteen K before Christmas in twenty nineteen. Um which I loved by the way, obviously but um yeah
2: it was it was very big K. kind of pop that is mad like the, i think that's the <clears throat> like in the world of rowing it's probably not p- pretty you know not particularly ridiculous but i think for a lot of the people listening you know i when i row a 5k i get bored and that's like <laughs> you know what 20 minutes worth of rowing like yeah, i once sat on the row at my house for an hour and was like oh yeah i've done like I don't even remember what I did on the row it's like 50, around fifteen k I was just like God I've just rowed for an hour that's crazy and I've done it like that's probably the only time in my entire life where I've sat on a rower and done a stint longer than thirty minutes and like when you just put that into perspective you literally did like more than that every day for eighteen days and then on the actual row itself forty six days worth of two hour stints is just crazy I, I don't think any amount of ocean landscape would would take my suffering away when it got to that level
1: 100 percent. i mean having done we did a fundraiser in here and Ollie did his room we did two hours on two hours off for 24 hours and that was i thought that was totally savvy and it knocked me out for about three days so to, uh, my main yeah i can't even bend my brain around what you achieve which is is just incredible um Obviously like the the row itself, you had an amazing time and obviously when you came back, there were, you talked about the the moment that stood out for you as being the best was the one, um, aside from the sunset, was actually was landing, was seeing people, was kind of realizing your achievement and kind of, I guess, riding the high of that for a while. Um, zoom forward to the, which obviously was on social media and we knew that you'd done it. Zoom forward a little bit, I think the next time you and I really had a conversation or I heard from you Soph was, was a, was a voice note you left me and I think you left James, a similar one about being in a very different headspace. And you'd listened to a couple of the other podcasts and we're almost in a, you'd ridden the wave of being really high on, on the achievement and had kind of, it swung the other way. Do you, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that, about the post row and how, how you felt and what happened after that?
0: Yeah, of course, 100%. Um, have you go all day? Because... <laughs> um, we I'll do. try and be as concise as possible. Um, no, to be honest, the whole, like, the landing was awesome. They're, they're arriving, they're getting to the finish line, and, you know, we got to land, and, and we all hugged it out, and we were, like, super happy with what we'd achieved. But for me, it didn't actually last the feeling. It was awesome. Like, I went to Uruguay, and, and uh, Uruguay is a very small place and it was like a really big deal and I you know there was just a lot of buzz around it and I think I was in that noise and I couldn't really escape it but I very very quickly started I think questioning everything in my life like I think for me it was quite it was bound to happen I'm not I'm not gonna like it's not like oh my god I have this life-changing experience on its own I think for me I've maybe Uh, always been this more adventurous person and I wanted to do something else uh also with my life but it was definitely a trigger and I came back and I had this massive breakdown of oh my god I am not in a good place I'm not happy something's not right and I decided that I needed to make a change and instead of you know like a normal person just make small changes and progressively I just changed everything and I quit my job And I sold what's essentially 95% of my stuff and I left and I went to Spain. I had some friends working on sailing boats as like sailing captains and they were like, just come out here and we'll figure it out. And I went and I then just essentially started what's now, well, today what I do for a living, um, at least for now. But, um, yeah, I had a pretty low low and, um, I think I, you know I, I kind of had this anxiety and i spoke to therapists and i just was in this um yeah again very low low and i i, I did get diagnosed with, with essentially anxiety and depression and, and started like getting help and um yeah i just realized that i had to do something different with my life to to get happy again um but i think for a lot of people you know it's something that they do and it's awesome and they remember it really fondly and they just come back and they carry on with their life and mm. that's awesome and a lot of the girls in my team did that and I think that's amazing for me it only made me realize just how much more I want to do
2: yeah
0: and how man- how much more of the world I want to see and how much more I want to learn and how much I like being challenged I think um I'm always happiest when I'm learning, and I've always said this, but I love rowing in a crew where I'm—I know I'm the slowest and the the least experienced—and the because I've got it's quite selfish, but y- you know I'm in a position where I'm learning more. Like I love training with a team where everyone else is better than me because I can always be challenging myself and learning. And I think this row for me, was just a, just proof that there's, you know, a lot more stuff that I can do where I can test my limits and see how far I can go and how much more there is for me to learn.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, cheers for sharing that, so it's it's a really interesting perspective, because as you say, right, you see the landing, you see the Instagram, you, you, you know, we talk about the achievement, but there's that, there's that, almost expected after bit, right? You've had this huge high and I'm definitely not going to compare my own experiences with yours because I think that they'll be very different in scale, but we even get it after competing, right? Like you do a, you know, even just a single day's competition where we've done Sid in the past or we've done, you know, individual competition. When I did the Arnold's last year, you kind of have this crazy big high and all of this stimulus and this big, big build up to this one thing and then it's done. And then afterwards you're kind of like, oh shit, like what, what now? And almost refinding your feet. Um, <clears throat> You mentioned something in when we chatted a little while ago about, you know, kind of questioning your why. And I think that really resonates as well. Like understanding, like I'm a big advocate, right? It's why I program for myself. Like we, we joke about it in the gym, but like I program under my own steam. I do what I want to do, not the stuff that I don't enjoy because that's the reason I train, right? It, you... Understanding why you do something is super important, and the moment it moves away from that, or the moment it becomes something that it isn't or shouldn't be, you've kind of lost the whole intent of that thing in the first place. At like the moment, training starts feeling like a chore for me. I'm losing the the why behind the reason I actually train in the first place, which is just to have fun, hang out with my hang out with my mates, throw some weight around, and just have a good time once a day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a really interesting reflection. I can't even comprehend the the scale. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you appreciate you sharing as well. Um, but
0: but it is like sorry, I don't. No no, go, you, go but go like, I know you're saying you don't want to compare, but it like it uh, is. It's to whatever you just consider a bigger or smaller scale. Like you know, take it to whatever athletes that are Olympians, and they you know they spend four years training for the Olympics, and then they go, and whether they win or they don't, they come back, and they're like, oh wow, okay, normal life. Um, You know, and then I I go and do this, or you know, people that do like ultra marathons, or they you know Ironmans, and they train like an entire year. It just it gives you purpose. Mm. And people use the word purpose a lot, but it, it is it, that you know it's like you say it's your why. Like he, if you know your why, then you can bear with just just about any how, right? So yeah. if you've got a training program because you're training for a competition, or you've got really specific goals. Then you wake up every morning and you know what you're doing it, okay? Or like whatever. If you've got maybe you're you're in a job that you might hate or whatever, but you know you wake up in the morning and you're like, do well, you know what? I've got family to feed. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do it because at the end of the day, I to bring home the bacon. So like that's you know very different scale or or I guess um stage of life, but it is the same thing. It's like if you know why you're doing things, then yeah. it's fine to be able to put your mind into it for yeah. me I got back and I was like uh, a little bit overwhelmed because for two years I'd prepared this row forever I'd been rowing and there's always a summer kind of summer regattas and we've got races all year round and we've got a training program that runs from September to June July and you know when I did CrossFit I had competitions or I had strength goals or I had movements that I wanted to hit and so I was training for that specifically and coming back to no goals essentially other than right just get back to your job and Mm. you know see how you get on um was very overwhelming yeah
2: yeah for sure and I think it's it's further testament to the classic like adage of like there's always the thing that you think is the thing is never really the end thing like you know you hear it talked about in it's more in career progression i guess than anywhere else but there's you know people always think that that, like that next nicest car or that next promotion or that next pay rise or whatever it might be is the thing that's going to kind of find them give them some closure and and you know the thing that they're after but there's always the what's next like no matter how high the thing is always you know there's always that next layer isn't there so it's it's a I know it's talked about in terms of happiness and, you know, we're talking about it now in the through the perspective of understanding your why, but if you know why you're doing something and you're comfortable with that, or you are doing something that makes you happy, or you're enjoying your time with whoever, or doing whatever it might be, it's a good a good example to kind of live for the moment, right? Enjoy what you're doing when you're doing it, and then know that when it's done there'll be you know, there'll be the next thing, there'll be the next goal there'll be the next challenge um but it's cool like it's really inspiring like the fact that you had that had that time you had you know that time with yourself on the boat when you came back the changes that you made what you're doing now like you know it's it's really really cool to see you flip so much on its head and and be doing as well as you are and enjoying yourself as well as you are so it's, it's really really cool appreciate you sharing thank you you're welcome i think on that note we are just over 45 minutes in, so I think we will leave it there. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Soph. One of my... No offence to anyone else we've recorded with, but this, is, <laughs> this has been a really good conversation. One of my favourites that I can remember for a little while. Um, <clears throat> so thank you for, for dialing in from wherever in the world you are in Spain.
1: Can we have a part two to this? Because I feel like this is a conversation that's probably only just got started.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. I'm sure, Soph, you happy to come back at some point? I mean, you've been, oh, 100%,
0: you got, know, to, you've got I, to say yes. I really, I love to you? talk. So, yeah, um.
2: <laughs> nice, no good, perfect. All right, team. Well, I hope, as I said at the start, you know, great conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, crazy challenge. When you start to actually think about what Soph did, is it's just wild. And you know, head over to her Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes so you can find her Instagram because somewhere there'll be a picture of. And so from the team and the boat that they, they did it on, just to give you a bit of visual perspective, because that makes the story all the more kind of crazy. We will do our best to be back again with you without so much of a delay this time round. In the meantime, encourage you to check out the new gym, either on Instagram or, or swing by, swing in and say hello. Um, if you're listening to us for the first time, as always, share your thoughts, share your suggestions if you want to come on the podcast and chat about something if you want to hear us talk to someone about something or just talk about something we've all got our own in my case unprofessional opinions but I'm happy to be a professional amateur in whatever um whatever topic or science that you need me to be um so have you got a a bit of a pearl of wisdom or like a a lasting thought from Sophia that you want to leave everybody with
0: (laughs) um yeah okay so right you're i love what i'm doing now yeah but i think it's pretty safe to say that i you know i've got i've got good days and i've got bad days and 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 i think at least for me and i think it's for everyone you know everyone's just always just trying to figure it out okay so it's not this is not me being like all right you know what you're not happy just quit your life and and do a 180 and yeah, just yeah. completely leave everything behind. Like that's not the, you know, that's not the message. But um, you know, actually, Stu said this to me. But he was like, if you're not happy with something, then you know, change it. Like you are the one that has the the tools and is in the in the driving seat to make that change. So it, you know, for me, it took a lot of courage and it took a lot of whatever, having a mental breakdown and doing it. But um i'm still figuring it out yeah. and there are things that i miss and you know fitness and training and sport was a very big part of my life and it is another moment because i'm prioritizing other things but you know for everyone like whatever if you're having a bad day and you're thinking about completely quitting your life i'm not i'm not saying do yeah. it i'm saying maybe just just <laughs> to, to like you're you are figuring it out and uh and, and yeah, and if anyone ever wants to reach out to talk about anything, then please do.
2: Nice. And yeah. thank you
0: so much for having me.
2: Yeah, you're very welcome, So It's been an absolute pleasure. Leave you, uh, leaving everyone with the, the courage over comfort. Love that. So pleasure. We will talk to you soon. Team, thanks for coming back and listening. Give us your thoughts if you have any. We will see you again soon. Have a lovely day.